what's happening my guys it's me it's me i'm back again for episode two this is your first time coming to listen welcome if you're back from the previous one hey thanks for coming back you're a real friend um uh just some housekeeping at the start um I haven't been feeling great this whole week. Um, Don't know what it is. I'm just super tired the whole time. I've watched my movies that I said I'd watch last week, which is probably the main thing to take away from this whole episode. Um, I can't wait to talk about them because they are fucking awful and brilliant and brilliant at the same time. Um, I think I mentioned before about them entering into my shit brilliant category of movie films so um yeah yeah i'm i'm excited uh to talk about that um other than that i literally have no idea what i'm going to talk about because um i don't know i haven't really been doing anything this week let me just uh, sorry i was uh i thought i could just sit or lie on my sofa, um, be recumbent, as they say, as though <laughs> I were a French aristocrat on a chaise long. <laughs> oh my word. What the fuck is up? I hope you've all had a great week, a good day, a good, I don't know, morning, afternoon. I don't know, whatever it is now, I hope it's good. I hope you're I hope you're getting the most out of your out of your life. Um because sometimes it well, I say sometimes, a lot of the time it feels like I'm not <laughs> I don't know. Um Yeah, so depression, that's a fun thing. Um it's it's weird because I don't know if I'm pretty sure everyone experiences some form of depression. Um, it can't be like something that like feels like it does can't be a universal, can't not be a universal feeling. I don't know. It's not periodic moments of sadness. It's, it's, um, persistent sadness, regardless of your current situation. Like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I've got no will to do anything. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Um, I like, we're currently, we're in the middle of, I say, like, the second week into uh, LGBT History Month. So, for work, I'm part of our uh, DNI network, Diversity and Inclusion. And uh, our pride network as well for for the group. So that's always really fun to do stuff with them. And um, so for LGBT History Month, I said that I'd put together some like info packs and talk about uh, moments in history for each of the like the the shortened letters of the LGBT shortening. It's not an acronym because it doesn't make another word when you shorten the words, therefore not an acronym. Um, and yeah, it's like the lesbian one that I did last week. That was quite fun. I got to read up on some of the, the UK's history with lesbianism and focusing mainly on uh, like the first televised pre-watershed lesbian kiss that was on TV um, hosted by like Brookside, which was, uh, it was a fucking banger of a TV show. Uh, my mum used to always have it on when we were, um, when we were having dinner at the weekends. And I remember actually really enjoying it growing up. Um, mainly because of the accents. It was, uh, it was based in Liverpool and <laughs> like, uh, I didn't realize how much I loved the Scouse accent. Like, I lived there for nine months. 
It should have been a lot fucking longer, but I got bored of where I was working and took another job elsewhere. But, um, yeah, I kind of, I really miss the place. That's a place I wouldn't mind moving back to, if I'm honest. Um, what was I talking about? Yeah, lesbians, lesbians. So that first kiss on uh, national television was a it was a really big deal. Like uh, lesbians are like overtly sexualized by the male gaze, um, because well, misogyny is everywhere, fucking everywhere. You can't get away from it, and like the th- the. The weird thing at the time was the fact that, like, you had these two women who, like, neither of them was this, like, overtly butch, uh, like, <clears throat> shaven head, flannel uh, jacket wearing, uh, like, lesbian. The other one wasn't, like, overtly ditzy and, like, I don't know, like, extremely feminine version of what most uh, I say most people like it's weird because people in my circles know what lesbian actually is but like when you talk about lesbians in like just the general zeitgeist they they tend to be the two caricatures that are offered up so when they portrayed this case on uh like a weekly soap (laughs) they um it was just two regular looking girls like uh, Beth Jordash and the other one whose name escapes me. Boo! I'm sorry, I can't remember your name. Oh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so like a lot of what I wrote in that um, document was about how uh, like lesbians don't tend to, to feature as part of... Uh, general pop culture because you only ever really get the overtly sexualized versions of them and they tend to play certain roles in certain tv shows and like they always fit the same kind of narratives um but in this one they didn't and that kind of broke the mold a little bit but um yeah like i don't know like it's it's a difficult one because like women tend to be cis women, cis lesbians tend to get left behind in the conversation when it comes to LGBT um, issues because whilst they are hypersexualized and like glorified, they, they tend to be overlooked for everything else. Like no one really bothers them for like being gay apparently uh at least not the same way that like people single out uh gay men or trans individuals and then you've got the invisible letter which is uh uh the b bisexuals like uh, i i have to put uh, an info pa- information packet together for them next week which i'm I'm not dreading, like, the one that I was actually dreading was this week, where um, I I talked about Section 28, which is one of the reasons why uh, I think my depression <laughs> has been kicked into high gear, because it's so fucking depressing, oh, and like, so, for those of you who don't know, and may not have heard... <laughs> Or maybe you lived through it and you didn't know because it wasn't widely publicized at the time. Like I personally, I'm one of the the kids that were affected by it because I went to school in the 90s, like literally uh, 1990 to 1998. I was in primary school, uh, 98 to 2005. I was in secondary school. And like Section 28 came into force in 1988 and it was essentially... Thatcher's government saying like uh homosexuality can't be discussed or um oh you know what fuck it I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up because the wording of it is so it's so fucking gut-wrenching like 
this there's a statement in it that says that anything other than like the traditional family is essentially pretend <laughs> it really fucking irked me like things like that hurt my feelings in general but like the fact that it has consequences even today so okay here's what section 28 of the 1988 local government act stated a local a local authority shall not a intentionally promote homosexuality or publish material with the intention of promoting homosexuality semicolon b promote the teaching in any maintained school of the acceptability of homosexuality as a pretend family relationship That gets the whole fucking clip. <laughs> oh, like, honestly, the so Section Twenty Eight came into force in nineteen eighty eight, and it lasted until two thousand and three. And in that whole like fifteen uh, year period, not a single person was prosecuted under the Act. But, like, the the law was in force a lot less time. The law was enforced for a lot less time than it has been since, if that makes sense. So it was only enforced for like 15 years, but we're coming on 20 years since it happened. But we're still seeing like the the remnants of the act playing out like in our schools and in our workplaces. Because like most of these places tend to adopt, uh, like it's very much a don't ask, don't tell policy about... Uh, homosexuality or LGBT identities uh, in spaces where children are involved. And like, that's a completely different discussion in itself because every time anyone mentions children with regards to the LGBT community, they always think that, oh, they're being corrupted or they're um, being introduced to... Hit the cable... Sorry. Um. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I love that sound. I love that sound, but I'm talking about something serious. <laughs> fucking hell. So, yeah. Essentially, what the Act did was prevent LGBT youth from seeing themselves. And like like I said, I grew up during that time where the Act was uh, in force. And I didn't know how much it affected me until I wrote this document. Because, like, reading through like other people's experiences, the people who uh, were old enough to understand what the effects of the the act would be and uh, other people of my age who have already gone through this like journey of self-discovery. Like, like I, I, I couldn't see myself in anyone when I was growing up and I couldn't ask questions about how I felt. So all that did was turn like everything that came with those questions inwards. So like I couldn't see people like me. So that meant that <clears throat> obviously there's something wrong with me and like all of the depression and anxiety and the shame that comes with those kinds of thoughts and feelings. Stop hitting that wire. <laughs> and like, it's heartbreaking. Because like, you, you look at the kids of today and by no means do I envy the children of today. Because they have a completely different uh, set of issues to worry about. Um, 
<laughs> like I never had to worry about someone taking a photo on their phone and it lasting forever into the ether. Like long after I'm dead, there are going to be images of the people that I care about from like when they're born to when they die. Whereas like there's, there are very few pictures of me. <laughs> At least there are very few that have persisted. Um, So that's, that's terrifying. And like the fact that they have to, they feel like they have to be a brand that like, I can't wrap my head around it completely. It feels completely crazy. But then when you look at like the cultural zeitgeist for the youth of today, that's, that's what they see. That's what they see their peers doing. And therefore that's what everyone really tries to do. Like they're displaying a version of themselves to the world that they feel that the world wants to see. And I don't know how much authenticity there is in a lot of what people produce. But saying that, at least today, like the LGBT youth have people within pop culture that they can look up to and reach out to as role models. Whereas in the 80s, you didn't really have that. And like in the 90s, like there were so many degrees of separation between you and these other people that it was very difficult to uh, get into contact with them. Whereas today, like you can reach out to your favorite like YouTuber or Instagram celebrity or influencer. And like it's all done through the push of a button. Like there's there's never been less boundaries between a person and another person despite all of the, <laughs> despite all of the, uh, oh, what are they called? Like the fake deep memes where people are like, oh, we've never been closer and never been further apart. Ugh. It's like some dodgy picture of like two people back to back with their faces in their phones. Oh my God. It's so deep. So, so deep. <sighs> like those memes are fucking fire. Like, I hate them with all my heart, but they are what they are. Um, uh, so yeah, reading into section 28, like it's just, it, it's brought in a whole load of feelings to me. So I am going to kill myself if I keep hitting this fucking wire. <laughs> now I have to add a trigger warning at the beginning of this fucking episode. <laughs> Uh, trigger warning everyone I'm talking about suicide yeah boy I got some new sounds for my soundboard as well like um, in the last episode you may or may not have heard that when I moved from talking about one thing to another I put in like this really whimsical music which was uh, what was it it was just like one of the default sounds on the soundboard that I have. Oh yeah, that's right. I've got a soundboard. It's right in front of me. Um, so I've preloaded it with some other sounds because like looking for them made me happy. And when I'm depressed, I want to do stuff that makes me happy. And I'm hopeful, ever so hopeful, that like I can entertain you with the noises as well. Like some of them are cool, some of them are funny. Some of them are left over from last week. Like, we've already witnessed the... It's one of the greatest sounds available on the internet today. Um, like, we've got canned laughter. Because <laughs> I'm funny. And I'm not sure if you know this. We've got... Oh, we've got Tim Allen. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's this one that's that's the jeering crowd like that's gonna get a lot of use i'm pretty sure um because i hate myself uh this is one of my new favorites oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not just a fart it's wet and 
Oh, it makes me chuckle so much. I'm glad I can take you on this journey with me. Hey! That's another one. <laughs> um, What is this one? That is just a cartoon noise of someone, like, spinning their head back and forth. And, th- okay, we're coming on to one of my favourite ones. And I don't know when I'm going to use it. I'm going to try and pick the the perfect place to put it because it is so it's so nostalgic and so wonderful um and if you don't know what it is I feel sorry for you in a way but not not so much that I'm going to keep you in my thoughts because like if you don't know what it is you're a loser <laughs> and I don't think about losers <laughs> all I do is win <laughs> Oh, anyway, the sound. Check it. It's it's such a great sound. Like, they really hit the nail on the head. Like, any time you think about something transforming from one thing into another, it's always going to be... Like, it doesn't even matter if it's robotic or not. Like... Like... That should be played during every single YouTube transition video, like the um, like the transition montages, like oh, going from male to female. It should just be like literally on repeat for the whole video. Like there should be no music, just that transformation noise. It's it's perfect, and then you cap it off with a <laughs> transformation complete. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's been a rough day it's been a rough day so I apologise I didn't mean to come on here and just moan at you lot whoever you are Um, but I am glad that you joined me like it's a yeah I don't know like last time I didn't really sound all that depressed and then like looking at the oh fuck did I even do the intro did I do an intro welcome to my depressing shit life (laughs) I'm your host Chloe um and I'm depressed my life is shit it's not shit like it's better than like a few people I know so I've got that going for me in my face. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's a lot going on, like with this whole Section 28 stuff going on as well. Like, um, what was I doing? I was I was perusing the old the old Facebook feed that really puts an age on me. Sorry to everyone under the age of 25, but. I'm a fucking boomer. I'm a boomer and I'm on Facebook. Like, I'm not, I'm not so bad as to post minion memes. I'm not my dad yet. Um, but I'm sure it's coming. I can feel it in my, in my blood. I can feel it in my burns. Like those memes are like literally coming. Although saying that, like, I do feel like I have a really like ridiculous sense of uh like humor um like obviously everybody thinks that their sense of humor is like unique and cool but um today i saw a picture and it was like the funniest thing <laughs> i've ever seen i've got it in front of me <laughs> and like it's so weird and stupid and everything about it <laughs> It's so bad. It's not bad. It's great. It's it's a horse, like, on a beach, looking out to sea. And it's got, like, a caption at the top of the image in big letters that just says, man. And it's like... <laughs> I can't tell you why it's funny. It just is, okay? Just understand that it's fucking hilarious. And it makes me... 
It makes me so happy. <laughs> oh, the memes. The memes. So, yeah. Um, oh, now I have to talk about something serious again. Ugh. Sorry. Like, a lot of the stuff I wanted to talk about today, I thought I could just talk about. But apparently I've got some mental blocks when it comes to um, talking about... Uh, LGBT issues. I don't want this to be a fucking podcast where I only talk about LGBT stuff, but like, because it's been quite prevalent in my life this week, it makes sense that that's what I talk about. So I apologize. Like, I swear to God, like, the pop culture corner's coming up soon, and I've got two wicked movies that I want to talk about, and like, that will, that will be like my, my lemon sorbet. To cleanse the palate after all this nonsense. So uh, just hold in for a little while longer. Um, like the last thing I wanted to talk about was like, um, like one of the reasons why the Section 28 stuff really hit home with me today when I was finishing up this piece of work was because like last week, um, uh, a trans boy in a school near me uh one of the schools in the district where i went to school um killed themselves like they committed suicide because they were relentlessly bullied by their peers a number of their peers not all of them and teachers did nothing to step in and the headmistress uh on hearing about this uh trans boy taking their own life decided that the best thing that they could do was refer to them by their dead name, uh, only call them she in any correspondence, and like literally tried to minimise this person's taking of their own life because of how it would have reflected on their school, which was complicit in the child's death. And it's, again, it's another remnant from section 28 like there were there were like the boy's sister essentially uh wrote a post on their social media saying um like posters saying it's okay to be gay aren't a fix like there needs to be intervention like where were the teachers during all of this because the bullying was, like, from what I've seen, relentless, and the teachers were aware of what was happening, but none stepped in. And then, like, the head teacher sends home messages saying, "Yeah, you can just pretend you don't know why they, why they killed themselves, like you don't know for sure." And oh, you don't like you shouldn't talk to anyone. You're not allowed to like not allowed to post messages on social media about it and like oh, it's this weird email where they're just trying to prevent any information about the incident from escaping the walls of the school because of how it would reflect on the school and it has nothing to do with the child that took their life because of the damage that this school did to them and yes i'm placing a lot of the blame on the school i'm i'm aware that there was probably issues at home as well. However, the way the child's sister talked about them doesn't indicate that there was an issue at home. So for anyone who thinks, oh, well, if they're only being referred to by their female pronouns and by their dead name, by the school, then they probably got permission from the parents. I'm... I would I would politely disagree and if anyone can show me any evidence to the contrary I would happily take it and revise my stance but until that point um I am firmly of the belief that the head teacher was enacting trickle down economics in the way it was meant to be in that the hate came from the top and washed over any adult that would have wanted to get in the way so 
a 12 year old boy lost his life because of one gender critical bitch but hey we're just we're just trans people we're not real people right <laughs> Oh man, fuck that bitch. Uh so yeah, I'm depressed. That's a long silence. Let's talk about these fucking movies. See? See? I told you I'd put it in the right place. That that's a transformation. From one segment to another, from sad to happy. Ah. Oh, excuse me. So, <laughs> I can't not laugh. I can't not laugh at that stupid fucking noise. I hate myself, but I love it so much. Anyway, anyway. So, I watched two movies uh, in the week. One was called The Giver. The other one was called uh, Giver Dark Hero. Um, Both movies are based on the uh, Japanese manga series from, like, the 80s and 90s. And, yeah, like, it follows kind of... kind of along the same lines as what we were talking about last week, where, like, Devil Man, there's a lot of, uh, like, body horror aspects to it. And, like, with the Giver, you've got some of... There's some similar stuff to that in it. But it's played differently. So, some some quick background. Like the, the basic story of the Giver is... Um, Aliens came to Earth at the the dawn of man, essentially, uh, taught them how to use tools. They introduced uh, these creatures called zoonoids into uh, like the world, and they're essentially like uh, mutated humans. It's where we get all of our folklores about like vampires and werewolves from. So it's basically human person turns into beast person, and it's it's that simple. And, um, like, when the, when the aliens essentially saw how, uh, humanity had evolved prior to their intervention, uh, they, they wanted to utilize the population, uh, as weapons, uh, in a war that they were fighting. So they created, um, this, uh, let's say organism called the Giver unit. And what they do is they, they're like a symbiote um, much like uh, Venom from the Marvel universe, but it doesn't have uh, its own intelligence. It's literally just uh, like biomechanic uh, organism. So this thing attaches itself to the host and it amplifies everything about the person and it gives them a whole host of cool weapons and stuff. And like that's kind of it. Like the aliens um abandoned Earth because of the Giver units. Uh Giver essentially meaning out of control. Of course we are. We're fucking fucking brilliant. We're humans. Um so anyway, like over the millennia, everything has kind of died down. There's a there's an organization called Kronos, uh, which is like genetically engineering zoonoids because they're the only ones with the technology to do so left over from the aliens and like they're looking like it starts off with them looking for a Giver unit because they've been experimenting on it and a a scientist takes it out from their lab like to to get away from their from their filthy hands essentially and like I'm going to start with the first movie I'm going to talk about both movies really quick because like 
Um, I love them so much. Like, <laughs> um, so the first one is god awful. Like, there are so few redeeming features like in it. And the second one is, oh, I hit that wire again. Uh, so the second one is a lot better. Um, like cinematically, uh, like there's obviously better production and better direction and lots of different stuff. But I was speaking to my brother about this the other day because he was a big fan of uh, both movies when we were growing up. And like the way I described it to him watching them back was like the difference between the 1966 Batman TV show and uh, essentially Batman Begins. Like the first movie is like so campy and uh, like... uh, I can see it's trying for humor and like in the places where it wants to be serious, it's very difficult to take it seriously because of how like, like every character is played as a caricature. Um, oh, it's so, <laughs> it's so weird. So like the movie's got this kid called Sean in it. I knew that I was going to love this movie uh, when I went into it as much as I'm going to, like hate on it now but like i knew i was going to love it because like going into it you have um like one of the opening scenes has like jimmy walker from um oh what's the name is it good times yeah i think he plays jj in good times uh he's the the guy with the catchphrase dynamite and like uh, at the end of the movie, they get him to say it. Oh, it's so cringe. Everything about it is super cringe, but like nothing more than like the guy they've got playing the main dude. His name's Sean. And like, they. <laughs> so, like, the writers and the director and the production assistants, they're like, how can we make this kid like awesome? How can he be badass? And like, how can people know that he can handle himself in a situation? Like, I don't know. Like, do we make him really buff and like, uh, like your traditional eighties bully, like type of physicality? No, no. He needs to be like, I don't know, average height, really skinny, like, I don't know, he, he he needs to have the face of a lost child at all times <laughs> with a fringe or, like, bangs that hang just below his eyes. He looks like, um, he looks like a failed attempt at what an, like, an Aryan was supposed to be. He's got the blue hair, the blonde eyes, but, um, he's a little soy boy, <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, he's like a he's a little femboy. If he was around today, he'd be wearing like really high cut off t shirts and like hot pants. Um. Anyway, like because of his like physicality, they were like, let's make him let's make him do something that's like really hard, like make sure that he can take care of himself. Oh, okay, okay. What should that be? What should that be? Um like cut away from the opening of the movie and then zoom into a sign on a building that says Aikido. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I could like, I sent my brother a picture. I was like, Oh my God, I forgot how cool he was. Like, like, <sighs> so for those who don't know, Aikido is the, um, it's the martial art that Steven Seagal does. Um, and it's widely panned in most martial arts circles for being ineffective. Um, that's not to say that there isn't some merit in what they do. It's just wildly impractical in like a live sparring environment because a lot of the moves that are performed require a certain degree of compliance by the uki or the partner. And like, 
in preparation for this video, I watched a few YouTube videos about um, like Aikido and the effectiveness of the sport and compared like comparisons between other sports like uh, uh, karate, um, Muay Thai, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, regular Jiu-Jitsu. Like, just it, it seems to be like bottom tier <laughs> martial art to most people. Uh, because it is literally just um, like the movements look cool and for like the visual medium on film it's going to look good because again you have a compliant aggressor but in real life not so much and the stance this boy pulls oh so uh, about a third of the way through the movie, um, he gets cornered in an alleyway and he gets to like show off his cool moves. And like the guy he's sparring with in inverted commas, um, at the gym is one of the, the hoodlums that uh, tries to beat him up. And like, uh, it's so painful to watch. Like everything's, like really hammy and all of the movements are um like i don't know like it I, I i would compare it to like an episode of power rangers but even power rangers they had like a sense of understanding of how to throw a punch how to how to take a punch how to fall properly like the the basic martial arts steps and like like saying that like the dude does aikido and he has no idea how to fall and i'm pretty sure that's one of the basic tenets of aikido because you need to be a good uki and in order to be a good uki you know you need to know how to fall like it makes no sense to me um i'm getting really irate over something so insignificant <laughs> uh. <laughs> so anyway during this fight um, like prior to this, the kids picked up the Giver unit from where it was hidden and it falls out of his rucksack. Uh, and like for no reason whatsoever, he's thrown to the floor and like he's on the floor, he's face down. And like the unit is like maybe two meters away from him. And then one of the hoodlums goes to like, step on his back and he's like look at the boy like kick him while he's down like kick his head into the floor and all of a sudden like the unit's under his face like that hurt my feelings like why show it dropping out of his bag and then flying across this alleyway only to go oh it's underneath him now but that's when you get like the like probably the coolest scene in the movie where like uh him having his forehead smashed against the control medal, which is like the central part of this uh, thing. Like it just attaches to him and it looks, it looks ruddy painful. It looks like it does not, <laughs> it doesn't not hurt at all. <laughs> so um, like the, like I said, like at the beginning, there are like images of like body horror in the movie. Cause that's kind of what, it's kind of where the um like the the original aesthetic of the the manga series and like TV series but like once he's got the armor on like it does look kind of cool there is an issue that i have with it where like at the like the first time he transforms the very first time he transforms like you get to see the armor attach and once everything's attached and you get the the close up of his face you get to see like the um, the front antenna on his helmet like like stick up because that's what it's supposed to to do. But then for the rest of the movie, this fucking thing's curled back the whole time. I'm like, what's was it? What even is this thing? This is annoying. So yeah, um, I don't know. That hurt my feelings a little bit. Like you had the detail, you showed it on screen. And then you just, you took it away from us. <laughs> Why would you take it away from us? Um, so anyway, like, like I said, like a lot of the, 
the stuff in the movie is quite cartoonish and uh, like silly. But that's not to say that the actual production is uh, terrible because the the Zoonoid suit, like the, everything's done with practical effects essentially, apart from um, like there are times in the movie where like these blades come out of the the guy unit's elbows, <laughs> and like you have some like digital transformation on there. That's right, <laughs> I did it, and what? Um, but like most of the stuff's done with practical effects and like uh, it's really cool because all of the stuff that worked in the first movie like the on the fly transformations and like the, the partial transformations and all of these things that showed like a lot of ingenuity from the uh, like the puppeteers and the the VFX teams uh like they were all kept for the next movie, which is pretty cool. They also reused a few of the the monsters, which is also cool. Um, like before I talk about the second movie, though, um, I need to talk about uh, Mark Hamill, <laughs> who Mark hams it up in this movie big time. <laughs> like, honestly, he plays a detective. And um, he gets he gets turned into uh, a zoonoid. Like, sorry, spoiler alert. Like, he gets he gets turned, but don't worry, um, because there's an image of it on the back cover. <laughs> so I'm not spoiling anything. Don't you worry. And like, but like his his transformation. I'm pretty sure that he um, he took this role because he was a fan of the of the original material and. He really, really wanted to be turned into the most grotesque, disgusting creature that they could imagine. And sweet Jesus, they uh, <laughs> they they really paid that off in spades because he turns into this like really weird-looking cockroach creature, and like his transformation is a lot more. There are a lot more steps to it, and there's a lot more. Um, it looks more painful than all of the others, and like. Uh, by the time you get to the end of the movie, like they've stopped putting all of the um, the assets in, so they do like the um, oh, what are they called? Is, is it the cowboy switch? Where like in like the the golden age of cinema, you would have someone thrown out of a window and then they'd fall behind a ledge, and then like another person would stand up, so the stunt double would be thrown through the window, and then the actor would stand up and walk away. So they 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 kind of do that. So like when they're panning across the shot, like a pillar will come into interview, and then like the actor would go through, and then the monster would come out the other side, like stuff like that. And like even when they were showing the transformations at the beginning of the main character, the main like zoonoid characters, they probably got about the thir- a third of the screen time as Mark Hamill's transformation. Like they really emphasised that this this really hurt the dude. <laughs> so like, I'm a big fan of, of that. And like Mark Hamill, that's me dropping, that's me dropping the, the DVD case. That's, oh yeah, that's another thing. Um, not available on any streaming services. Like I actually, ugh, I bought, I bought the Blu-ray of the original Guyver movie not so long ago. Uh, they only sell it in German. <laughs> so all of the all of the cover art is in German and all of like the title screens and stuff as well they just have uh the original English um audio so that's fine um like the dark hero dvd i've had for like 12 14 years when did this when when were you released my friend when did you come out on dvd i don't know um, I do know that it has a printed cover from like an inkjet printer. So that, that tells you how long ago that was made. Anyway, the second movie, the second movie is actually immense. Like <clears throat> they really kicked it up, kicked it up a notch when it comes to the, the actual quality of actors that they got. Um, one of the key, uh, hirings that happened was, uh, 
like the guy they got to play Sean, they got rid of uh, the like scrawny little soy boy and they replaced him with David Hater. And if you don't know who that is, I feel sorry for you a little bit. Um, you maybe don't know him by name, but I'm pretty sure you know his voice because um, he is the voice of Solid Snake from the Metal Gear Solid series. He's like a very prolific um, like voice actor, um, but he also stars in The Giver and he's actually amazing in it. Um, so like I said before, they reused a whole load of the uh, assets from the original movie, but they remade The Giver suit. So there was a lot more detail. And it looked less like someone was wearing a onesie and more like someone had paid attention and like put some thought and care into the designing of the, the, the suit itself. So that was really cool. And like they really upped the game when it comes to fight sequences. It wasn't just like one overblown like haymaker from a zoonoid and then uh, like a kick and then that's it. And then it's just running away and then other things like the the combat in the original movie is very boring and tiresome but in the second one like it it's very much uh it's it's a lot more faithful to the original like story so that that was super fun like just watching <laughs> like this 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 alien armor fighting like what would be like a werewolf or it's essentially a rhino man. <laughs> He's really big and like muscular. He's got the muscles, the muscles from Brussels. Um, and like they're having like a little tug of war, like Hulk Hogan and, and Randy Savage in the eighties, where they're doing they're like little test of power and they're like pushing the wrists back. Oh, but this time, like the Giver does it and then pushes the wrists all the way back and it blows out his hands. <laughs> like, just seeing like loads of blood spraying up from the dude's wrist. And then like he looks back and a little laser shoots from his control medal and then blows out the dude's eyes. Oh, like <laughs> it made me laugh. And like, I, I loved it so much. And I, I can't really put into words how cool it is. And like, even at the end, like, so one of the main antagonists is this, uh, Kronos dude. who's like this little short, Baldy dude who's complaining through most of the movie, like, you need to move up production. I'm getting it in my ass from corporate. And like <laughs> So he turns into this like admittedly cool zoonoid. And like he's like the first person who's like treated uh Sean with a measure of compassion. So he's like, Oh, we know that like you're like the guy of uh, armor troubles you. We can we can take it out. We can we can help you and all of this. Like trying to lull him into a false sense of security. And then um, like he says no. They fight, and then we find out that like this this dude who's a little dweebus, little bit of a little bit of a nerd, little bit of a little bit of a geeky person. Looks like he has a pocket protector. <laughs> Like, he has his own Giver armor. So, whilst he's a Zoonoid, he activates his fucking Giver armor and he becomes a Giver Zoonoid. And he looks even more immense. Like, actually brilliant. Oh. I fucking love this movie so much. I recommend it. Highly recommend it. Um definitely look them up. I don't know if they'll be online anywhere. They might be on YouTube. I don't know, but they're definitely worth finding. If you can find them on DVD or something on Amazon, they won't be, or well, they might be expensive. If they're expensive, let me know and I'll rip you a copy. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> um, I, I can sell you my copy because I've, I've seen them so many times. They're committed to memory. and But yeah, like you need to see the movies. They're so silly and so brilliant. Um. But yeah, like I just spoken for like twenty five minutes on these movies. I haven't told you any of the actual plot. <laughs> I haven't told you any of the actual stuff that happens. Just how cool I think some things are. Ooh, he does cool fighting bits. Um, I don't know. Like this is the kind of stuff that I want to hear <laughs> when when people tell me about movies. 
Like, I don't know if if you have any issues with what I've with how I've conducted my my little review. Like, let me know. I can do better in the future. I promise. Um, but yeah, after watching that, um, like I've been thinking about what I want to do for next week, and like, uh, my brother and I just bought Dying Light Two, so I've been playing through that a little bit, which is, it's been good so far. Um, I've only played a few hours because of the depression, um. But I'm gonna I'm gonna play a few I'm gonna play for a decent amount over the weekend I think I don't have any plans for the weekend so I'm gonna just smash <laughs> as much of that as I can. Um, but with regards to movies, like there are a few there's a few things that I've wanted to see for the past um, like few weeks. Like um, I don't know uh, I have like a certain degree of anxiety and stuff so I tend to watch the same stuff over and over and over so um you'll hear me talk about the same things um but I'm hopeful that if I just actively state what I'm going to watch in the week it will make me watch something new and therefore I can I can tell you how I feel about it in the next week um and like there are loads of things that I wanted to watch coming off the back of these because it triggered a whole load of like nostalgic memories for me like uh like the the costumes and the the pageantry it like really uh made me want to go back and rewatch spawn like the original uh movie with michael jai white from the i think it was like the late 90s um like Power Rangers, the movie. Oh my God. <laughs> um, that was one of the first movies I went to see in the cinema and I'm a massive Power Rangers fan. Like I will talk about that um, ad nauseum at some point. So I'm like fair warning now, people. Um, what else? Like the 66 Batman movie. Like that was camp as hell and I fucking love it. Um, I did say I wanted to speak about... Uh, like the book of Boba Fett, like that's finished now. And I absolutely adored it. Um, like from when it was the book of Boba Fett to those two episodes of the Mandalorian, they stuck in there. Like everything was great. Um, I don't know. Um, I might just go completely out of left field and watch like best of the best or blood sport or something, something that I love. Maybe I'll, I tell you what, I'll I will watch and report back on hmm Spawn. Yeah, I haven't seen Spawn for years and it looks like it would be a good time. But I'm also going to watch something else and report back on that. I did two movies this week. I can do two movies next week. Or maybe I'll watch a TV show. Who knows? Who knows? I'm going to leave it up in the air. I'm going to leave it up in the air and then just let the let the world take me where it wants. <laughs> um. Oh, that's actually cheered me up quite a lot. Like reminiscing about those movies has been probably the most fun I've had today. <laughs> that and. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a fire sound. I love it so much. Um. Uh, I didn't get to use my uh, my Tim Allen one as much as I'd have liked to today, but there's always next week. Um, I promise, I promise next week I'll try not to be as depressing as I was today. Um, but if I am, like I'm sorry, but like, it, I uh, I am who I am. Sorry. <laughs> Anyway, I think that's going to be it for now. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be an hour. I was only expecting like 45 minutes, but talking about those fucking Giver suits. Um, so yeah, if you've made it to the end, thank you for... <coughs> Someone got caught in my throat. Had five guys for dinner, so I've got some, some of that Cajun spice in my throat still. Ugh. Anyway, it's been lovely speaking to you. Thanks for joining me. And yeah... Um, again, I don't know how to sign off from these things, but I'm gonna go. Thanks for listening. I fucking love you. Okay, bye.